Welcome to episode 72 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. When God is working in our life, the purpose is to always draw us to Him. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. In our last three podcasts, we were following three of Paul's six admonitions on how to imitate him. And we're going to pick up on those last three in a couple of weeks. But I wanted to interrupt that six-part series to talk about vision a little bit this time of year. I've just been carrying this around in my heart and my mind, and so I'm going to interject uh, two podcasts on vision to give you a little bit of taste of this and to see if the Lord will use this to just stir you up in regard to the things that he wants to say to you and in regard to the things that he's already said to you. Uh, This is obviously a big subject, and vision is one of those words, I think, that is just supercharged. It excites some people. It paralyzes other people. But I want to just look at the scriptural context of vision and where it comes from, why it's so important, and what do you do with it when you have it, okay? So let's just start here. The word vision appears 77 times in the New American Standard Bible, and probably the equal number in the King James, maybe one different than that. Each time that vision is mentioned in the Bible, except for two of those mentions, It's either in regard to a supernatural occurrence or commentary on a supernatural occurrence. So when the Bible's talking about vision, it's not just talking about, you know, somebody that's having a plan or an idea, an objective, or or some great thing they want to accomplish. It's talking about God superimposing himself, bringing himself in the form of vision. Of those 77 times, 15 times it happens in the New Testament, and every time it happens in the New Testament, it is God sovereignly investing vision and doing something supernaturally. Again, not just a plan or an idea. For instance, in Acts 10.10, when Peter had the vision, it says, when he became hungry, he was desiring to eat, but while they were making preparations He fell into a trance, and he saw the sky opened up and an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. So this was not a plan or an idea. This was not some goal he was trying to accomplish. He was thinking about food, and he fell into a trance. In other words, when the Bible talks about vision, it's talking about having our five senses suspended when God intervenes, and of the 77 times it's mentioned, or the 77 times it's mentioned, 75 of those times, it's in reference to that. Then look in verse 17 as we follow it down further. It says, Now while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what the vision which he had seen might be, behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions from Simon's house, appeared at the gate. So one of the interesting things about vision in the Bible is that vision in the Bible, when God superimposes or super influences our senses, ironically, 
it leaves the person who has seen the vision with more questions than they had before they got the vision. And this is consistent throughout the scripture. We tend to think that when somebody has a vision, oh man, there's all this clarity. And actually, it's like God unveils these things and there are more questions than there were before this ever happened. And we're going to see this throughout the Bible. So when Peter has this vision, he was perplexed by like, what does this mean? Well, let me just add this as a footnote or a side note. When God is working in our life, the purpose of God working is always to draw us to him, to make us seek him more fervently. A prophetic word, a divine encounter, a revelation from scripture, an encounter with another person, godly counsel being given to us, or a vision. It's designed to get us to seek him, and we will see that continually throughout the scripture. So there's 52 mentions of vision in the Old Testament. 40 of those times, it is talking about encounters where God, you know, the word of the Lord came, the vision. I'm, I'm just focused on the word. The vision came to Obadiah. The vision came to Jeremiah. The vision came to Daniel. 12 of the times, it's talking about those who are masquerading with a false vision, and that God is going to deal with them for having a false vision. And I never thought about it in the context I'm going to share with you until I was preparing for this. Like I say, I've been carrying this around since about Christmas time, just, uh, you know, pondering some things the Lord was putting in my heart about vision. And as I begin to study for these two podcasts, uh, it, something really occurred to me. Let me read to you Jeremiah 23, 16. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination. And we knew that there were false prophets there who were trying to influence people to try to get their own agenda accomplished. You know, but what's interesting is that these people knew to lead people effectively, you had to have a vision. So you got to give them some credit. But what really began to stir in my heart and like the fear of the Lord that was coming to me was it would be better not to have a vision or not to be clear about a vision than to propagate a false vision just so that you could say you had a vision. And as I sit back and I'm watching what's happening in the body of Christ and Christendom and Christian media and in the even local church settings, I'm hearing things that do not ring true. Not that they're necessarily even false, but they just don't ring true. They're not on target. They're not accurate. They don't have the the, the uh, fragrance of authenticity. It's like somebody has copied somebody else's vision. And so, you know, we know we've got to have a vision, so we're going to say what they're saying. And I'm saying to you that you can be a sincere believer, you can be a sincere spiritual leader, you can be a sincere uh, leader of your family, you can be a sincere leader of your business, and just because you know you need to have a vision, you copy somebody else's, you put some things together that sound good, but they're really not vision because God has not superimposed himself. God has not suspended your sentence your sentence. <laughs> yeah, you, we do need a suspension. God has not suspended your senses 
and got your attention in such a radically dramatic way that it's caused you to go and seek him. That's what a vision looked like. A man or a woman who's been radically affected that they've got to go seek him because they've heard something from God. They've seen something from God. God has spoke to them. You know, my life was dramatically affected many years ago. I heard God's voice audibly one time in my life. And buddy, I'm telling you, it scared me. I didn't run out and tell people about it. It scared me when God spoke to me audibly. I almost wrecked the car, but it caused me to seek him. God got a hold of me. That's where vision for the local church that I carry this day, it was downloaded in me in that when God said to me, I want you to go and start a New Testament church. You know, my question was, God, what's a New Testament church? I didn't even know what that was. But that's what vision does to you, okay? Vision is more than a plan. It's more than an idea. Vision has a plan. Vision has an idea. Vision has an objective. But what I see in the scripture is God superimposing himself, supernaturally intervening, that there's a another dimension to us. We're not just a man with a plan. We talk about, you know, revelation. I'm talking about divine intervention, divine revelation. When you look up the Hebrew words, the several that are used in the Old Testament, they all have that. All those actions were supernatural, something that we could not stir up, something that we could not come up with ourselves. You know, the book of Daniel has the word vision in it per capita, probably as much or more than any other book in the Bible. There are a number of mentions, and there's some good theological understanding that comes to what happens when you have a vision. What do you do with a vision? But looking at Daniel 8 in verse 15, it says, When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it, and behold, standing before me was one who looked like a man. So here again, Daniel saying, look, I got a vision. And after I got the vision, I had to say, what am I going to do with this vision? I sought to understand that vision. Then if you follow him into the next chapter, in verse 23, in Daniel, the ninth chapter, in verse 23 says, and he gave me instruction and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you insight with understanding. There's an angelic being that's involved here. So a supernatural vision comes. Then there's a supernatural encounter that comes. But because Daniel had this supernatural encounter does not mean he understood everything. I think that's very important to know. When we're moving in the supernatural does not mean that we understand everything or we even know the next thing to do. It just means that God has encountered us that we might in turn encounter him. How do you know you've got a vision? Because you want to encounter God, because you've been encountered. How do you know the people leading your family, your business, your church, have had an encounter with God and have a real vision because they are going back to get clarity. They are saying, God, I need you to tell me the next steps that are revealed here. These are the supernatural things. These are the essence. These are the foundations of vision. In our next podcast, I'm going to talk about the two exceptions in the Bible where the vision is not supernatural. And you're going to know these verses, by the way, but they deserve to be commented upon. 
So don't miss us next week. Invite somebody to tune into this. I hope this stirs your heart. When I was studying this, it made me desire to have an encounter with God like never before, that he might reveal things to me that would cause me to have to seek him even more. And I think this is the type of vision it's going to take to have a breakthrough in this culture. Men and women that have been supernaturally imposed upon by God. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. Thanks for spending some time with me on Leadership in Context. Today, Keith began a discussion on vision, specifically supernatural vision. When we are moving in the supernatural, it does not mean that we understand everything or that we know the next thing to do. It just means that God has encountered us that we might encounter Him. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.